0: This is Pastor Troy. I hope you're doing well. We are wrapping up season two, but you know what that means? The best of season two. Here it comes. It's coming right at you in just a minute, but don't worry. We're in the studio. We're getting ready. We're getting things lined up, and very soon we'll be unveiling season three of On the Dock. In the meantime, you can go back, watch season one. Check it out. It is fantastic. It's not outdated. Go catch it. And now we're in season two, and get ready for this best of season two episode. You're on the dock with pastor Troy on the Dock.org every Tuesday and Thursday. We're all about conversations to propel your faith out of the shallow and into the deep. We're in the stretch here. We've been in shooting today, a couple episodes here, and now we're thinking think about, man, where can we go eat? We're going to go eat after this, so help us out. We're working on that conversations to propel <laughs> yourself out of the shallows into the deep and then into a good restaurant. That would be the next phase of our You trip
1: kind of today. cut that music off there.
0: Right? I did. Did that mess you up? No, I'll take care of it. You can fix that. Yep. Okay. Post production, we'll fix that. Yep. I did. What I did was I clipped my slide over too quick, and it will. Sometimes I, I wait a certain amount of time, and I just it, okay. it, it clicked quick. Yep. It's okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, God is good. Yeah. Right, we, we'll fix it. Sometimes okay. we have a rough We've had two. I mean, the first one was a little bit rough. I'd kind of come in a little bit quick on it.
1: Okay. As long as Lucas can fix it. Well, he can't fix can, his
2: part I can now. Fix it. He can fix anything. Okay. He, he can fix it. Houston, we have a problem. Lucas says, no, we don't. This is the authenticity we were talking about. Yeah,
0: no, this is real. It's, I mean, it's, it's what it's about. When you, yeah, when you've shot a three set show today, and we're going to shoot some more next week, and you know, you you start thinking about lunch, dinner, <laughs> you know. And our problem is, hey, well, let me finish this here. Okay, I got to finish the show. <laughs> Prepare yourself, out of the shallows and into the deep. Got that done, right? Okay, and you're on YouTube, maybe watching us for Spotify, iTunes. Try one of the other and like us and notify us and. Tell them you like us. Hit chat and all that kind of stuff. Google Play, Facebook, Roku, Rumble, and Sermonet. Those are auxiliary channels. You can watch us on our whole archives on SermonNet. You can also go to onthedoc.org and you can find all those things and find those archives. And then we'd love to hear it. Here's what we need to hear on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Telegram, and Getter, or what I call them, Facegram. A yeah. <laughs> new thing, Facegram. Here's what we want to hear on that. We want to know, if you're in Southern Illinois, where do you go get a decent meal at 9 o'clock on a Thursday I'm not and and not going to some besides Buffalo Wild Wings. Besides, yeah, we do not want to hear B Dubs. We're going to go there probably because it's only yeah. And, and some that's we don't want a place that smells like marijuana, smoky, dank. It, you know, we we need a place where a Christian can go in and not be ashamed of themselves. So so, give us a couple options. Where would you go? You know, we don't we're not taking kids, but we just we want something to eat and we don't want garbage. You know, look, we're not going to McDonald's. <laughs> I'm not doing McDonald's ever I will never give the answer McDonald's well <laughs> never I, I
1: might but, Troy you will, not. but yeah
0: she would she want a McFish or something oh, yes a fish or
1: she, a Big Mac
0: listen they are not a Patreon sponsor so quit talking about them but you can become four ways to be a partner three ways to become a sponsor my Patreon go check it out on the doc.org I'll tell you how to get there find those platforms info at on the doc.org you can email us and tell us where to go eat at nine o'clock yeah. we'd like to know that or you can go on the different social media platforms I've got mother Beth on platform with us today sitting at the table Eddie-ho. you got straight hair instead of curly hair yep can still, you, you, still yeah, straight you fixed your hair still straight yeah I'd be, be interesting to see when we shoot the next episodes next week whether your hair will be straight or curly mm. stand by
2: come back and watch us and find only out. God knows Only God knows That's what they right. look like.
0: And Lucas Winkler is here with us. Our techno wizard who will fix this. thing. That's me. He's got to fix this thing. <laughs> we got Houston. We got a problem. We're on the dock season two, digging deep in the word for the Bible tells me. So we're in part three, the manual for our righteousness. Now to be fair, I'm going to marry a little bit of notes. When I did this sermon series in January, 2022, uh, the week before this, I was gone and my brother in uh, the Lord elder, Jerry Johnson, uh, gave a message called the word lives in the same series and I didn't preach it. So I don't own it, but I went and listened to it and had a good time with it. And I stole some stuff from him his best stuff. So we're going to take the word lives and roll it in and let you see how it becomes the manual for our righteousness. So I'm going to quote Jerry a little bit in this episode because he had a couple things that I think are worth us talking about and it'll be nice to hear something that's not me. So we can kind of get at it a bit. So, <laughs> so we're going to do that. The manual for our righteousness. So we're all about the logos. We've talked about that in the previous episode We in the manual for our righteousness, which we're fixing to do, uh, we're moving beyond the last episode where we talked about the right assessment and then the right approach and then living it out righteously. Now we want to talk about how this thing just goes with us, it it's just with us. It's just a it's a power weapon. It's a, the sword. It goes with us, but it really is a manual to keep us on track. And I, I don't think people realize how important the Word of God is to us. So uh, when we say uh, in our church we read it every Sunday, and it's the it's was the featured text for this whole series that all Scripture Second Timothy three sixteen all Scripture is God breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness the training in righteousness, the manual for righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good good work. It doesn't imply you read it once and put it away. It implies that it's a equipping for every good work. It's an ongoing process. It's thoroughly. It's you're going to keep working with it. It's God breathed, meaning what you read today will be different from what you read tomorrow because where you are and what you need and what God wants to inspire you will be different. So every time I read Proverbs and Psalms and every time I read different books of the Bible, they speak differently to me. Does does that happen to you guys a lot? Yeah, I
2: I feel like, um, it's interesting. It's like whenever God works through you after you've read a certain piece of scripture, um, and then you, you've like transformed and moved on to the next thing and then you come back to that scripture like whatever two or three months later or six months later or a year later you're like why do I understand this completely differently? Yeah. A, you're like on the whole, other yeah, side of like, it. It's like a whole new book. It's like yeah.
0: one side of the mountain was like plains and desert and you were dying. And then when you got on the other side of it, you go, wow, there's life over here. It's like a beautiful yeah. side. That's how, isn't that how the country is? When you go over the, when on you're on the California side, you get grapes and all that stuff, when you come over the Rockies and you kind of go into the plains, it's kind of rough for a while, mm-hmm. you know, and the same thing with the mountains in Appalachia. And then you go over, you know, which it's like that in spirit, you know, Sometimes when we're learning the stuff, it's tough. But when we get to the top and really see that God's word is true, mm-hmm. and it, it's a manual for our righteousness, so if you're in a dark spot right now, you can use this Bible to get you through to the to the other side. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because you are with me. He He wants to bring you through it. You just got to stay connected and, and in it, and and be in it. Uh, what was that the guy used to say on um um. Uh, American Island, we used to love American Island when it first came out, I haven't watched it in years. No, we
1: quit when we they, quit. when they stopped the first time we yeah. didn't think Yeah. For it first up. for five
0: years. Away. But I like the, 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 what's, what's the big guy? He's big Randy. skinny now. Yeah, he's skinny now. He got he lost weight. Yeah. But he'd say we're in it to win it. Yeah. You <laughs> need to get in the Bible to win it, win it for your faith, get in it and win it. And that's what we're going to talk about today. So I want to see if I can get you into some of the, of, of the word lives, our, 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 our one of our elders in our church jerry he's just a great man of god he's one of our global elders and he's helping lead our work all around the world for community faith churches, the work we're doing in thailand and africa and him and his wife kim are just great great leaders and 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 they're both a part of our our our, our eldership our global eldership our board and um man, he has a great perspective on things. He, he grew up in some rough stuff. And he grew up in the Jesus movement. And, uh, and and really, he's got just a great, he's just got a great word of, of letting the Bible live, uh, letting you live through the lens of the Bible, and kind of making it a part of your life. So I, I just thought he had some good things to say. Let me see if I see if I can get the first one. The first thing that Jerry said, I thought was so good. And uh, let me see, if I can. I'm pulling up his quote here. Here you go. you ready? He said, when you are reading the Bible, check this out. Your Bible is also reading you. Yeah. I heard him say that. I was on vacation. I We were listening to it live. Mm-hmm. And I was like, dude, I texted myself back that quote. It's like Facebook. Yeah, it's like the Bible, he said when he reading. says you're reading, when you read the Bible, your Bible's actually, that's how come things change, because it's going kind of like, oh, you, you need this today. Yeah, <laughs> you need this one today. <laughs> your Bible's like, yeah, you missed that last year because you went, you didn't realize you had a problem there. Now you got a snotty nose. You, you're looking for something to stop the snot, you know, you know, you you know, the Bible has a way of it reaching. Uh,
1: it reminds me of that that photo that you used to show sometimes of the person in the Bible. Oh, I love that. I don't so think much. I put
0: that in this series. I almost did. I'm scrolling down. I don't see it anywhere now too bad. It's, <sighs> a, it's a wonderful image I got of, 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 of a woman hugging. It's a woman hugging the Bible, but it's a Jesus figure coming out of the words of the Bible. And I back. used to use it yeah, all it was, the time. I used it for years, years, years. Yeah, it's amazing. Or I have it sometimes I'll try to, or whatever. yeah, but that, the, but the Bible's kind of connect you if, if you're, if you're seriously committed to it, he's committed to you and he wants you to get the best out of it. We've got to understand that. So I thought that was fantastic. Jerry uh, said that, that because the word lives, the Bible lives. I like that. And he said, because Jesus is a living God, God is simply. Uh, God always was God always is he's living and he wasn't just living yesterday. He's living now. He understands your problems. Yeah. Deuteronomy. They had training problems as we talked about back in Deuteronomy, but he still understands the problem today. He can deal with you raising your kids in this world today. You just got to get in the word and train your children up in the way of the Lord. And they have, to, they have to have enough courage today to be able to understand the word of God is truth, despite what the world thinks. Mm-hmm. And 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 so the word lives because our God is the source of it all. That's the reason the Bible just affected today as it was then and will be tomorrow because the source of it is on a timeline that extends, as I said in the first episode. The logos extends before us. He knew us before, and before uh, before he said, Let there be, he was, and after the revelation ends, and he shall live forever and ever, he will be. So our God lives. He's the source of it all. You know, we're yeah. just we're a timeline in there. And we're, we're a significant story that he loves. But I mean, gosh, and, and Jerry put out uh, these, these kind of tenets that I liked. The first tenant he said that is that God is, is foundational for living. God is foundational for your living. You just got to rock bottom. I like that. And it's not optional for, for those that call themselves a Christian or follower of Christ. A lot of people call themselves and make it optional, but it's not really optional. And Jesus always believed the Bible. There's not a Jesus that exists in the Bible that didn't believe every word of the Bible. Now, he didn't have the New Testament in those days, but he trusted the word of God. He spoke the word of God. When he fought the devil in, in, in his time of uh, fasting and stuff, he fought by saying the words, It is written. Mm. It is written. It is written. Three times. He whipped the devil's butt. He didn't even give the devil the quote of where it came from in the Bible. Just he knew the word was a sword. And the devil had to honor it because truth is truth and God's truth is truth. He just knew it. And and so Jesus believed the Bible. And, and so to believe in Jesus, when we say I believe in Jesus, you can't believe in a Jesus if you don't believe in the Bible of Jesus. Because he is the word. It's just it just Foundational doesn't even say enough, does it? It's it's he's our, our entire horizon, and, and and so there's some core truths. And Jerry created this list. I thought was pretty good. I'll throw it up here. The word is God. The word creates, and word here is logos. The word is life. The word is light. Light in our path. Abundant. It can we have life and life abundantly? The word reflects. You know, reflects the glory of God. We see God in the writing of the word. It, the word restores us you know it, it restores righteousness. <clears throat> Psalm 51 creating me a clean heart, O Lord and renew right spirit in me you know D- David had broken himself with the issue of Bathsheba and was, ruined his life and he realized the word is the word of God he, he longed to be connected to God again so he repented and he restored the word became flesh John one, we read that in the beginning of the series and the word lives. He lives inside of me when, when I take that word inside my life, Christ continues. He may have died of the cross and came out of the grave and ascended into heaven, but he comes back in the Holy Spirit and lives inside of me and you and each of us listening. He yeah. lives inside the heart of believers and he lives in eternity. And if, even if I don't believe him or take him in, he still lives there waiting on me. To, he, I'm the lost sheep and he's the shepherd looking to take me in, you know, it's an interesting concept. Mm-hmm. My take on all this is one of Jerry's best statements was sin grows best in darkness. (laughs) Mm, So, so if you're not reading the Bible, you're not exposing yourself to the word of God, you're not in church, you know, then, then you're really creating an atmosphere where sin grows best. And I think one of the reasons why I mentioned, I think in our last episode that I think the world is in the worst shape it's been in a while. I think the world had a lot of bad times back in, uh, uh, you know, Roman times and different times. Uh, I think the times of uh, like Nebuchadnezzar were horrible, and the way people lived, and there were other Moab where they were doing child sacrifice, but I think all those things you find we're doing in our culture today, we see bits and pieces of that. But those cultures where it was bad like that, there was no Bible being preached. It was Daniel Shadrach and Meshach and Amendigo were kind of the lone voice of the Bible that held it there. And even then, they were bright enough that they turned it around. I mean, but we live in a dark time, but we don't live in a dark time that's not so dark that the very presence of Christ in our life couldn't create a differential. Right. But what Jerry's saying is sin grows best in darkness. When when the Bible's not being taught and, and valued and honored and lived, then sin gets rampant. I mean, we have seen just society degradation, we go off the deep end from, from one movement to the next to, if this is okay, then that's okay. And if that's okay, then this has got to be okay. Because you said this was okay. We've kind of gone off the spectrum, mm-hmm. kind of Katie bar the door and we've opened up Pandora's box and the box has always been there, but we've gotten to where normalcy today is reprobate yesterday. Yeah, and just because and it's still reprobate. (laughs) It's just everybody thinks it's normal. Sin has grown so much that we think the sin is normal. Yeah, we have a fungus and we're like, doesn't everybody have a fungus?
2: Yeah, I think you just think you to choose your normal, right? Because I think
0: when our normal is without God now.
2: Well, but I, I think people can choose their own normal because, you know, there's so many people who come into like a church, right? And right. It's, a, it's very whole Holy Spirit based church. And they see people crying and yeah. speaking in tongues and they're right. like, what the frick is this? Like, yeah, what's is, going on? What is happening right now? What is this happening? Is, this is weird. But if you're around that week, week in and week out, that's your normal. That yeah. becomes very normal. You, you know what I'm saying? But we're in a society right
0: now where that is seen as cultish. Exactly. Very different. I mean... I mean, I grew up around people that came out of different various churches and we all, we, you know, yeah, I go to charismatic, I go to Pentecostal. I go, we all knew there were, now it's like, if you go to a church, that's Bible believing, they just assume you do all that stuff. You hold snakes and you do this and <laughs> you're, 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 you're a skinhead and you hate everybody and they don't realize, you know, they, you're just right wing, you're off the chart, you know, you, you, you know, it's really crazy. Sin grows best in darkness, and, and when Jerry was sharing that, I what I saw was uh, Jerry works in the medical field, and, and he gave it a little bit of an illustration. But I, I decided to go a little deeper with it when I did the review on his next week. But in the medical field today, they have these robots. I see them going around some of the hospitals these days. They, they use them in the ORs, they use them in the intensive cares, in the emergency rooms, and they use light to kill bacteria. So they just drive around. On a course plan, just like a ro- like your Zumba, like your robotic vacuum. Mm-hmm.
1: that's and, a great use of a yeah. I think robotic. Yeah, I think right that I mean, it's like watching. I'm okay with that. Yeah, it's like
0: wa- like watching Clone Wars or something. Like that. They're just like rolling around. Like R2, but I wanted to
1: vacuum at the
0: same yeah, time. They had to make these things vacuum. That yes. would be more useful. But these things will literally go around and vacuum they, and, and they,
2: take the dogs out. Yeah, take yeah. the dogs
0: out. Look, they go around. They and, and just their light dispels terrible things in, in, in the believer's life for me the bible should be the light unto your path and the lamp unto your feet it should be the thing that illuminates spots in your life that need to be cleansed because if you don't cleanse them we we all have bacteria on our hands everybody has fungal stuff going around yeah but if you stay in the proper life in the proper health and you eat the right vitamin d and you get exercise your body can shed that and and fight it off you know a lot of people. There are people that never got COVID, you know, yeah. because some people would have it COVID maybe in their nasal area, but their body wouldn't take it. You know, I mine took it, but but <laughs> but some people have systems to fight that. So, you know, and some people can be exposed to. There are people that were exposed to Ebola in Liberia that didn't get Ebola because they, they were. But most Africans that were in Liberia are hungry. They're starved. They're they've got. They got drinking issues because they there's not enough water that a lot of them got stomach issues mm-hmm. and just all those cracks in their body and all the different weaknesses make you very acceptable, susceptible to disease. And the disease hits you harder because you don't have reserves. And so, you know, the light here in this OR is is killing bacteria. And the Bible is how we kill the bacteria of sin in our life. Mm-hmm. We read through it. We, we realize. I can't be doing astrology because it says I can't I, I don't need to be doing occultic stuff because that's that's against God I don't sacrifice our children whether you call it life or pro-life or pro-choice or or, or whether you call it sacrifice your child for a false God we don't God never dreamt of such a thing God God loves life and we we're just gonna trust God that God's got if God knew us all before we were born, That means that really none of us are accidents. I realize we're an accident, we can be an accident to our parents, but we're not an accident to God. So when you give your life to God, you realize that God doesn't have accidents. I had an accident, but I'm not an accident. And so then you change your perspective and you realize that while somebody may have to live through something very difficult or give up a child, that gift may be the treasure to another family that could never have a child yes. or it might be the child that's going to cure cancer or AIDS or something else. And you've not trusted God. I wonder how many mm-hmm. geniuses that would have made our lives so much better. We, we, we aborted or killed or, yeah. Yeah. Are yeah. we let be on drugs that died? They say, they, I heard a statistic today that 300 kids die a day from drug overdose. Wow. 300 a day. I mean, that's a global type number.
1: And that's just I don't know if it's global, but maybe in the United. It's just and then
0: how many people are being robbed because they've chosen to use drugs instead of using the light of the word in their life? And they're using drugs why? Numbing their life, trying to escape life, trying to trying to handle life, trying to medicate themselves from life. And so life is hard. Life is hard. And so a lot of people have chosen not light, more darkness and fungus grows. But I love what he says. So we need to not be of this is my take on it all. Don't be afraid to step forth and, and let your light shine. And let it shine through you. And we are called to let his light shine through us and, and into the world we need when it would be nice if Christians would get back to when we come in the room. We're not a killjoy. I don't I think a lot of times we come in the room and we try to be like a spotlight, and we blind everybody, but we need to come in the room and just be like a, just like a, like a, like a good presence where people can see there's hope. And maybe, I mean, maybe a lighthouse where it goes around, that's fine. I, I love lighthouses, but I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to be like a blinding, like, ah, <laughs> ah, you know, I want to be, that's a nice light. You know,
1: like when Jesus walked in a room, I get a Yeah, only, yeah we, we, like a good would quality would like, lamp, a good quality lamp, yeah, you know, nice and
0: warm, you know, nice and warm, glowy. but you can see clearly, you can read. Yeah. Let people see in you the glory of the King. There's that song, I love you with the love of the Lord, and, and I see in you the glory of our King, and I love you with the love of the Lord. I love that when you sing that to somebody that's done a great Christian act, you can tell them that you see the glory of the King in you. Wouldn't it be great if we could be lights like that more? be more lights like that mm-hmm. that would be our goal is that people would see christ in us and more and more often i think it would be the biggest thing to help our society uh today so i want to go a little deeper with this I, I think jerry was just just so good and, and and again we were using that concept of all scripture i'll put that scripture that all scripture is god and useful for teaching rebuking correcting and the word lives and it moves us to train us in righteousness it, it, it's it's going to correct us it's going to discipline us it's going to uh can rebuke us rebuke. I mean, tra- teaching is is information. rebuking is correcting to proper information, I guess. And correcting is I mean, rebuking is like, no, don't do that. Correcting is like you did that now back up. And training righteousness is like, well, I just want to be on the right path. So how did I do it right? So I think the Bible could be used in lots of ways, and you no, know, none of us are too far gone that we can't get back to where we need to be because because he's he's patient with us and he wants to equip us for every good work. So sometimes we just have to back up. And like I said in one of the episodes uh, previously, that 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 the Bible is like it, the craving of spiritual milk is milk is important. And I didn't come back to that in the episode I meant to, but I love this like newborn babies. You must crave. Pure spiritual milk so that you will grow into salvation, a full experience. So you got to crave the word and then cry out for this nourishment. I think that's one of the things I want to say. I think it's missing the most today is, is that we don't have an understanding of being hungry for the thing of God. And when you're hungry for the thing of God, you you get excited. But it's like, we're all thinking about we're going to go out and eat tonight. We haven't, we haven't picked something yet. So we're not hungry for it yet. But, but if we're hungry for the word of God, we're, we're excited about it and we tell people about it. My wife and I this last week, or this week, she had her colonoscopy on Monday and I get mine next Monday. So we got like partner Monday, Monday colonoscopies, you know, ERGs, you know, they stick <laughs> tubes down both ends, you know? a so terrible. But we, it was the best experience we've ever had for this process so far, because our colonoscopies in the past, had, the, the prep has been, the procedure's nothing. The prep is horrible. It's like drinking Satan's breath water. Uh, you know, it's horrible. Awful. It's been horrible. Last time I had to, I gagged at night when I had to drink the last cup and I didn't know how I did it. It was terrible and you felt horrible. They couldn't find your veins. And oh, we awful. switched doctors. We switched practices. And and the doctor we're going to now, Dr. Leonagi's at AST, um, uh, Advanced Surgical Technology. Uh, man, we went to their place. It was like the, the rooms are nice. The staff is lovely. They're just so welcoming and friendly. The prep that we took was Gatorade with some stuff mixed in it. That makes it take you said. It was like thick, thick jello.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Just you know, a couple just pills. Kind of yeah. You out. have to get all that stuff out of you. and That's not good. But the process was as good as you're ever going to get yeah. to get cleaned out. Trust me, Yeah. you know, and, and, and he was nice and it was, it was good. Just the whole process was good. You know what I mean? You know, I'm just saying, I, I, we need to, we need to be excited for what God's going to do. I'm not excited about my colonoscopy this next Monday, (laughs) but I'm much more excited about the experience. We need to, we need to be like that on the Bible, but on steroids, we need to be excited about, you know, getting up in the morning to read the Bible and what is it going to have for me? What's it going to unlock for me today so that we've got to quit seeing the Bible like the old colonoscopy. Yeah. We gotta see it like the new, the new kinder gentler colonoscopy. You know what I mean? Aww. A lot of people see the Bible though like it's a like it's like it's a snake coming to get it's you and kill you. Canal. Yeah, it's a yeah, the Bible's reading you know, in the morning's our root canal. I cannot wait to get up in the morning and go read my Bible. It's the first thing I do in the morning just to see what God's gonna say is so great. We gotta get back where we cry out for that nourishment, you know, and then it helps us. I mentioned this in the previous episode in Hebrews it's the solid food. Oh, I went too far. It's the solid food that helps us recognize the difference between right and wrong.
1: Mm-hmm. I, I think
0: that's a key. And it's clear that solid food of the word is to develop us to righteousness. And, and I mentioned this also in episode one, I gave this whole list that the word comes by faith and all these other things, but the word comes not by osmosis, but by study. So you cannot get this manual of righteousness accidentally. no, You've got to prep for it <laughs> you know you've got to not be scared of it either you know and I, i'm using the metaphor of a colonoscopy but you got to quit being scared of the bible yeah you you you've got to get a kinder gentler approach to it and i really appreciate our dr Do- dr leonagie was fantastic but we need to see dr jesus as even a greater version
1: mm-hmm. you know
0: to, to see the experience is not a draining experience but a I'm going to, I'm going to get a lot out of it. Mm-hmm. It's going to be, man, I'm just telling you, his office was so nice. They had snacks, not for you, they didn't, but for me, next <laughs> week, you get snacks next week. I mean, it was good. I mean, we need to come to the Bible and and treat it like it's an excitement time. Not one of those bad. We're going to get stuck. We're going to get a root canal. We're getting our teeth clean. You know, uh, one of the things that's important is that the kind of knowledge and the cleansing of our soul only comes when we read and we soak in the light of it, we need to want to do it. We have a cat, uh, a big three legged cat. He's got a name, but I call him three legged. And uh, whenever I take my shower at night or in the morning, he comes in, wants to look in the shower while it's running, I'm brushing my teeth. He's looking in the shower, because I take a very hot shower. And, and, and then he lays down on the carpet. And as the room fills with steam, the walls begin to sweat. He gets a smile on his face. <laughs> it's like he's getting his sauna time. He yeah. just comes in to just sit in the steam room, you know, and it, he does it almost every morning. He does it almost any this today. I saw him go in and do it with Beth. Yeah. He was out the door trying to knock like, Hey, it's the sauna's on. You know, we need to get when the Bible's open, we need to realize that when the shower of the word opens up, we need to get excited to lay down and soak in it
1: mm-hmm.
0: and know that our day is going to be a better day on the other side. And I believe it's in the, the spiritual, you know, you know, uh, one of the things that I, I had surgery a few years ago, on my stomach, and one of the things I have trouble with is processing vitamin D now. So I have to work really hard to keep my vitamin D levels up, uh, really hard. Yeah, go outside. Yeah. You gotta go outside and I don't go outside now and, 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 and drink milk. I don't drink enough milk. I'm drinking oat milk. So you got to get out vitamin D, you need iron and things like that. But your Bible is your spiritual vitamin D. Yeah, for your growth and your strength and your daily walk and, and to help us grow up. So we've got to we got to begin to see that a little different. I, I, I really learned something really cool when we were doing this study. At the same time we were doing the study, um, I was digging into this text and realizing that we need to see the Bible as our manual for righteousness. It's for, for what St Timothy for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training righteousness. But at the same time, a guy that we kind of like theologically, I've done a couple of his studies by the name of John Bevere. Uh, He wrote the book called The All of God, which is just, that's the one that's just come out. And But I already did a study called Killing Kryptonite. We actually did it here. We did the study in small groups, just good stuff. He's got a bunch of other stuff uh, out. And he's got, uh, I'm trying to remember which book this one is. He's he's got another version of this, an older version of this, but the new one is I think The All of God right here. This is it. And um, he's a really good teacher. He's got an international ministry, go check it out. He's a best-selling author, He's got other stuff. Him and his wife, kind of the founders of, of Message International, and they do ministries developing, uh, do ministries to develop theological competence and biblical competence to people in, uh, other countries and uh, like missionaries that we work with, pastors we work with in Thailand, their sites designed to help them get biblical understanding and knowledge so they can grow in their faith. And, like we have access to Bible schools and theology and all this stuff. He works in places where he can help develop their knowledge of the word and that. And so their ministry is really cool. So it's a good piece. But but I ran across a clip that really helps me understand how and why we need the Bible and the attitude we need to have so that we can get to where we get it. There's a great clip here. Uh, I'm going to show this clip here if I can make it work here. Here we go. Lucas, you ready? Yep. All right. Check out this clip. Uh, I think, did you find this Beth?
3: Yeah. I found you found it and somewhere. then give to you.
0: All right, here you go.
3: My assistant gets a call in 1994, Jim Baker. He was on CNN. He committed mail fraud, had the largest ministry in the world. And he was sentenced to 45 years. It was reduced to five years. In the fourth year of his sentence, he called his assistant. He read the first book that I wrote. And he said to his assistant, can you call this man and see if he'll come visit me? I said, sure, I'll go visit him. So I go in. I remember I'm in the penitentiary. Jim comes in. He's got his prison garb on. He looks at me, grabs my shoulder and said, young man, did you write this book? I said, yes, sir, I did. He sits down, he looks at me. You know what the first thing he says to me is? John, this prison wasn't God's judgment on my life. It was his mercy. He said, John, if I would have kept living the way I was living, I would have ended up in hell forever and ever. I am so grateful to God. 20 minutes into it, I look at Jim and I say, Jim, when did you fall out of love with Jesus? And he's so serious when he said it. He said, I didn't. And I said, Jim, you committed adultery. You were arrested and prosecuted in 1990. You telling me those seven years you didn't love Jesus? He said, I loved him all the way through it, John. And he sees confusion in my face. And he looks at me, he says, I didn't fear God. He said, I love Jesus. I didn't fear God. He said, there's millions of American Christians just like me. They love Jesus. They don't fear God.
0: Wow. Mm. Isn't that, isn't that a great, great word? Yeah. When I talk about manual, Jerry's message was, the you know, living out the word. The word lives. Mm-hmm. Our theme today, as you listen, is the manual for our righteousness. Righteousness is an ongoing life. You know. Obviously, Baker loved God at some point in time. He, was, he had some great messages. Somewhere in that process, he quit honoring the word of God. He, he lost his fear for it and began to do stupid stuff. Everything from expensive dog houses to affairs to other things, it destroyed his ministry. Mm-hmm. There's so many people I know that have destroyed their families and their ministries and their lives because I, I don't think they quit loving Jesus but, but they just fell out of relationship with God. They, they lost He was
1: deceived. I mean, obviously he was greatly deceived and he was missing that part, the, the fear of God part.
0: And I think what, and I
1: think a lot of people are today. I think that's part of, of,
0: of, of, I the think whole when I heard going that, on. don't you think that was great though? Yes. Don't you think there's a lot of people think, well, Jesus will accept me. Jesus will love me the way I am. Yeah. Jesus understands I'm trans. Jesus understands right. that I'm on um, marijuana every day. Jesus understands that I, I have to steal for a living because I need my family. So Jesus understands that I have to legally do this because Jesus, you know, we've got a lot of Jesus understands because Jesus loves me. My mom had this kind of view of Jesus was that, that Jesus just was cuddly kittens. And, and, and you're talking about the, the, the blood being the Passover lamb today in our conversation today, that, that a lot of us have this concept of Jesus being this little beautiful lamb of God. And it's like a little cuddly lamb you carry on. Like we do, you know, like a baby lamb and, and, and he is, it's just, he was built for sacrifice to be killed. I mean, I mean. We forget that God loved us so much He sent us the perfect Lamb, and then demanded its death to save us. Yeah, we 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 see the love of Jesus as He's out there, but we forget to fear a God that loves us so much that He would sacrifice His only begotten Son for us. We forget the sacrifice part is not easy. Gosh, the the, the most tra- traumatizing horrible movie horrible movie I've seen is the Passion of Christ in the in the in the in the in the crucifixion scene. Yeah. I mean, I was shouting, "Stay down, stay down! Don't get up, don't get up! Stay down!" You know. I mean, we don't di- we don't think about that a lot. I thought that's the one thing in the passion that Gibson and those guys did was they made that come alive. Yeah, and and I have every belief, every belief that they were being biblically accurate. When you yes. go read Luke, Luke was a doctor. I think the Romans were, guys. The Romans we. We just don't know how vicious the Romans were. The Romans killed people with crosses with, they put them on stakes and and guys, you think they put them on a stake that they put them on a stake and they just shoved it through them and they died. Mm -mm. That's not how the guy dies in, in, in the Old Testament book where they put Haman on the stake. No, they put you on the stake. They shoved it from bottom. (laughs) They colonoscopied you up through there, through the lung and into the neck. And the skill of the executioner's job was to skewer you without hitting a major organ. Without killing you. Without hitting a major blood vessel. Passing through your diaphragm. Hitting your lung without piercing the lung, maybe all of it, or at least some of it. And up to your shoulder and they would stick you on that post and you would sit there and slowly exsanguinate and not be able to breathe and slowly get infected and festered and die in the heat and you might live for days yeah i mean the cross i mean jesus died quickly on the cross he was six hours on the cross i mean most people stay on the cross for days i mean and they and sometimes they out of mercy they would break their legs so they would die quicker because they couldn't hold themselves up any longer. And then they just couldn't breathe. You know, you died on the cross, not of exsanguination, although you'd lost a lot of blood from all the, the flogging and stuff. It helped the process. You died from suffocation
1: mm-hmm.
0: fluid build up in your lungs. You couldn't breathe, you couldn't lift up to clear your lungs. And it's like me. I got a <laughs> cough right now. You can't, you can't lift up. You can't clear that. And that just builds up and builds up and builds up and builds up. You know, you ever woke up after that when you've had a cold all night and you're just full of stuff. When you're on the cross there's no getting it out that's how you go down you drowned in your own floods i mean god sent his son to die like that for us we love jesus but we forget what god did for us but we also forget what he did to people that stood against his people yeah i mean he, he parted the sea and let one group through and he crushed pharaoh in the same water the water that blessed is the water that killed the The sword of the Lord cuts both ways.
1: Hmm.
0: You know, I, I, we forget that. And so we have a lot of people that love Jesus today and they want to have their own interpretation of Jesus, but they forget you cannot love him without fearing, revering God. And we have to understand, I think relationship with God is both loving Jesus and reverently honoring i'm not saying fear god out of scared just fear god out of honor and reverence i didn't say being afraid of god i'm saying being a fearful of disobeying god knowing where he'll be forced to do because he said blessed are those that do this and cursed are those that do that and the fact that god said that is he can't change his mind on it he can see that you changed your mind and repented and accept that but he's not going to move the boundary for you no some people say well he moved the boundary for hezekiah no he didn't he sent Isaiah to tell Hezekiah he's dying because of the way he was acting. When Hezekiah rolled to the wall and said, Lord, I, how can I bless you? And, 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 and honor you. If I do this, I repent. The Lord sent Isaiah back and said, I'm going to give him 15 more years. Cause he just repented. Wow. Had Isaiah not said anything to the Lord, he would have died and he still died eventually, but the Lord gave him more time because he saw that he changed. The Lord didn't move his boundary. Hezekiah moved his heart. Yeah. Mm. And God saw the move and had what, what God was going to end because he had crossed the line. He changed because he came back on the right side of the line. Mm -hmm. As long as you're breathing, you can repent, you can change. You can be dressed any way you want today and think you're a teapot. But if you (laughs) give your life to Jesus Christ and you put yourself back in who God called you to be, you can immediately be restored and get on the right path. I didn't say your family or people around you are going to like you. People probably make fun of you and they're going to tell you you've lost your mind because you've become a follower of Christ. But, I mean, you can be back in relationship. Faithful followers of Christ will understand that that, 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 well, it means that your whole approach, I'll throw this up, your whole approach, your whole respect, your use of the word in your life is one of your single greatest testimonies. And, and you don't owe that testimony to people now people are saved by the blood of the land on the word of your testimony, but you don't owe the testimony. You owe the pet, the testimony to the one who saved you.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm. You give that testimony as an honor to God who pulled you out of the ditch. People don't have to believe in your testimony; they just have to hear it.
2: Right, because the whole point of the testimony, right, is to be like, "Hey, this is what my friend Jesus did for me." Right. You know, right. let me let me introduce you. And
0: somebody doesn't have to believe it; they don't even have to like it. Mm-hmm. But you have to give it because you're giving honor to the one that saved you.
2: Yeah. yeah. You know.
0: And, 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 and this is what God's wanting in us. The manual for our righteousness is wanting us to literally, um, become the light. He, let me go back and use those pictures one more time. I know Jerry, Jerry did such a good job with this. Um, his isn't like the third week of January. We need to become, well, not R2T2, but we need to become <laughs> like this to the world. But as Christians with living with the word in our heart, the world needs light and it needs, it needs warm light, not harsh light. I understand it's going to need some harshness because what we say can be so harsh so don't worry just just live it it'll be the the stark reality it needs to be even when you come in a room that you got decent light your eyes have to adjust but but do it in a way that's respectful understand that that we are called to be uh the light of the world and and the the light of Christ in us can be, begin to disinfect that sin filled world and I, I think that's what we've got to understand the bibles are manual for righteousness for a reason because God wants us to take that testimony and, and, and 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 he wants us to be one of your single greatest testimonies to this status. We need to lift up the name of Christ and change things. And I, I don't think that's happening enough right now. And I think you have to ask yourself uh, these questions as we, as we kind of wrap up this episode and we, we got a really good two part closer for this. So you're going to, you're going to want to get on this, but I want to ask these questions and I want people to really think about this. I want you to consider uh, for a second. Your life and where, where you've been and all this stuff. And I want you to think about the question. Do you love Jesus? You know, I think a lot of people would say yes. But then you have to ask the question. Do you respect? Do you revere? Do you honor? Do you fear God? I think I think that will help a lot of us get back on track. Are we do we have a healthy respect for the word of God? Do we even know what the word says? Well, get in there and read it and see. And and like Bavir says, we love Jesus, but 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 we don't fear God. I think that's where we could have a renaissance here in our culture again.
2: Yeah, if yeah, we I, begin to. Undergr- I think it's a really good point about respecting the word. Yeah, because if you respect someone or something, you're going to take it very seriously. Yeah, yeah but, if, exactly. but if you don't have respect, you're like, nah, right, whatever.
0: And and, right. and I I think one of the key is we're, we're going to all have to recalibrate. And I when I wrote this message, I actually wrote this quote on the January 21st 23 because you can tell by my date 0121.23 um i think it's important for us to understand if we're going to be the light source and we're going to live for the light me believing you have to, to me believing you have the right to choose your path i i believe people have a right to live and dress and and do stupid stuff i do i think free will gives you that god god loves us enough that he gave us decision he put the tree in the garden so we'd have choice. Uh, me believing you have the right to choose your path, sin or direction, and and you have a right to do it, doesn't mean I have to personally agree with it though. Right. I I I, I respect people's decisions, but don't agree with people's choices. Their path, their sin, or their direction. I just believe that the right to choose is yours. But the in impl- the implication there is that you have a right to choose. That means that the culture needs to see there's another choice. Right. What I'm concerned about is things are so dark now. People don't see the light at all. They don't see a light source, let alone something that you put out the sin. So we need Christians to begin to be authentic carriers of the light again. Bad. Mm-hmm. Wow. Because we can do it respectfully. People have that right, but they have to have the right to choose. The right to choose implies there's a choice. It almost feels like there is no choice but sin now. Yeah. And I'm really concerned that. And so we have to ask the question, you know, can I live that? Do I, do I both do I, Troy love Jesus? And do I fear God in a way that makes me, makes me be that light source? Well, can I be the Bible? Can I be the Bible, my manual for righteous? Can I be that source? Mm -hmm. Mm. So maybe people don't pick up your Bible. Don't open the app. Can people begin to see in me that glory of the King? or at least see a testimony in me that causes them to go, are you one of them Christians (laughs) and you go, yeah, I'm one of them Christians. Well, where'd you get that? Well, I got in the Bible, you know, we need to cause people to be able to see you enough in the room that they might go to find that Bible they have stuck on the bottom of their shelf or go find one on an app, crack it open
2: or or show up on Sunday or
0: show up on a Sunday and come in and hear for themselves. And the word became flesh and discover who Jesus really is. But people don't want to come to church today because they're confused about what the church stands for. It's not consistent. Jesus followers are going to hate me. You know, when they, when somebody looks at me and they go, I think you have right to choose what you're choosing, but ask for me in my house. We don't want to choose that. I'm not against you, your choice. I wish you'd just listen to why I chose my choice, but for them to listen to you, they're going to have to see something in you that you love and that you respect, that they go, what is this thing that you love and respect that's so worthy that you've made it? I think, let me me close with this. Because the world is so hard right now, I think we live in a time when it's so dark that the few of us out there that will live as resistance and remnant, when we stand our ground, people will begin to respect the fact that, man, they're different. It used to be when you see people, they have a tattoo, they go, "Who? he's got a tattoo. And they, and they got an earring in their nose. Everybody has an earring in their nose. Everybody has a tattoo. What's going to be cool is somebody that's, they follow the Lord. They read the Bible. And if they can see in you the glory of the King, I think in the days ahead, if we could be authentically real, we could be a light in a darkness that causes a revival. I just want to know if there'll be any Christians out there that will stand up and let the Bible be their manual for that activity. The Bible's what charges that, that light stand, the Bible's the battery to it. Yeah. It's the only way it's going to happen. Yeah. You got to know it. You got to have it. You know, if you take that light source and you don't charge it, it's dark. There are a lot of lights around that are dark. But when you charge it with the life of Christ, and the Holy Spirit it becomes a life, we need real authentic, Bible believing spirit filled, mercy and grace filled and love filled Christians today. Yeah. And I do think we're in a world where as we get darker and darker and darker, and people are killing each other for a pair of tennis shoes, or just for the heck of it, drive by to shoot this cop and shoot this person and hurt this person and, and, and just Everybody doing what's right in their own. The Bible says in Judges that every man did what was right in his own eyes and it was just chaos. Hmm. And then a judge would rise up. I don't mean a judge in a bad way. A judge was somebody that trusted God and, and lit the way forward and caused renewal. We need, we're need we in a day where we need some judges that love God to step up and, and be the light of Christ. And to do that, you have to read it and you have to live a life that says i'm going to do this and i'm going to say this because it's easy for the bible tells me so you don't have to defend it you don't have to explain it you just go it works for me and they go and what you're hoping somebody else sees is well i see it works for you Mm
2: -hmm.
0: and then here's the question they go i wonder if it would work for me yeah and that's when you can introduce somebody to jesus i know we got a lot of us are raising kids today maybe they're not with the lord and you're never gonna beat them into church. Let them meet Jesus. Yeah. You know, You know. try a different approach. Faithful followers, let me go back to this one, quote on end with this. Your approach, your respect, and your use of the word of God in your life is one of your single greatest testimonies to the status. Yeah. Live a real authentic faith as a faithful follower of Christ, and it will do more good than you can ever shake a stick at. And let's go back to Bevere. Love Jesus, and you gotta fear God. I think I think that's where we've lost the ability to be a light because we we love Jesus, but we haven't stayed plugged in to the fact that our God has done amazing things to get us saved. And he will do amazing things to us through salvation. But it'll also be amazing a we'll be stranded without him. Yeah, yeah. our God is a two edged sword. And I just want to be on the right side of that knife. Holy and righteous. Any thoughts? It's pretty heavy. It's good stuff, isn't it? We're right yeah. there today. I mean, if you're out there, check it out, man. Get in a relationship with Jesus. Ask yourself, do you love Jesus? Uh, do you respect? Do you fear God? And uh, we'd love to hear about that. And we're going to be back in episode number four. And we're going to kind of have a two-part, or and I'm calling this, take it or leave it, but you can't change it. You know, <laughs> the Bible is the Bible. You got to take it or you got to leave it. And it, and I'm really kind of tired of people just taking pieces of it and kind of mang- mangling yeah. it around. Take it or leave it, but you can't change it. The, the word is the same yesterday, today and forever. And he tells us at the end of Revelations, don't change a word. That God that that began us knew what we needed in 2023. He'll know what we need in 2026. He yeah. knew what I needed. And when I got saved in 1989, he's going to know what you need out there today. So you just got to take it or leave it. And and honestly, you need to get to know it and uh, you can't change it. No. And you can't change the end either. So get in the story because it's not over yet. As I told you, we're not done living the Bible, right? Revelations hasn't finished yet. So hope you'll come back and join us for part four. Take it or leave it. We're going to do that in two part because it's, it's a big one. It's going to be kind of cool. It's going to be something special. We'll do that. And uh, join us at OnTheDoc.org. Info at OnTheDoc.org is our email address. And you can check us out on all of our broadcast platforms, YouTube, Spotify, and iTunes, our primary ones. We're trying to use Rumble more and more. Get on Rumble, Roku, Facebook. Google Play and sermonette and you can uh, watch us at on the dock go to there and watch in our embedded viewer Facebook Instagram Twitter telegram getter we'd love to hear your stories hit subscribe like notify and all those kind of things and share this with other people and become a Patreon partner or sponsor we'll put your cup on the table don't forget our challenge send us a picture <laughs> send us a picture of you on the dock watching us on the dock and then share it out with other people that you're on the dock watching us and if you send us proof of that we'll send you a cup If you're a couple, we'll send you two cups. So be a Patreon partner or sponsor. Love to have you. And we need to get you in church, get in church. If you're not in church now, get in a good church. If you're in a church, we're proud of you get in there and get in a good Bible believing church at 10 o'clock on Sundays. We'd love to have you at Community Faith Church in Marion, Illinois. Wednesdays at 630 coftv.com. You can watch us online. Uh, We'd love to have you that way. Just reach out to us and we want to get connected with you. Mother Beth, what do you think? Good? Good stuff. Good stuff. Good stuff. Lucas, good stuff today. Yeah. And uh, I think we'll be back with some more as we continue in this incredible series for The Bible Tells Me So. I'm Pastor Troy. We're here on the dock. We're having a good time. We'll see you soon. Get in the word because the Bible tells you so.